When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi Geekscape, welcome to the final episode of 2009. This is Geekscape, your favorite movies, video games, and comic book podcast where every week, myself, Jonathan London, join with a guest host to talk about the latest news, reviews, and all that's going on in the world. Uh, we've got a pretty exciting program for you guys to ra- round out 2009. We've got Nar Williams here, host of... Boom goes the Attack of the... Um, Attack of the what? You got me confused with the fag tag. Um, yeah, it's, uh, really? Are you serious? Yeah, I, got, I was like, what am I doing You think here? that's a fag tag? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> Boom goes the dynamite? It's, um, it was Science of the Movies. <sighs> Allergies. Huh? What ended up happening? Because I know somebody saw you... Uh, who was I in a conversation with who saw you on the Attack of the Show tryout thing? It was like they were trying out different hosts for like a week at a time. Mm. And what happened with that? What happened was that they uh, held uh, they held general cal- cattle call auditions in New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles for male only uh-huh. geek hosts. For and Attack of the Show, it's like a correspondent. For Attack, or no, no, to be the next co-host with Kevin Pereira. This was okay. after right after Kevin Rose left. Okay. And uh, thousands of people came out, five, six thousand, whatever. And I made it into the top three. The top three got to go on air and host a week. And it was supposed to be for females only. No, right. males, o- Ma- males, males only. Males only. That's what I mean. yeah, males yeah. only. So me and the other two guys who were one, who one of the guys, Tony Carboni, who does Bite Jacker for Rev Three. He's a really I like great that. guy. I like Funny that guy. guy. Yeah. Funny guy. Really great guy. He was one of the other guys. And and, and another actor from New York. Um, uh, so I was the guy that they picked from LA. And so we each went on for a week. And uh, and then we kind of all heard nothing, <laughs> and then Olivia Munn showed up on the show like a month titties. later. Um, so so yeah, uh, titties won out every time, or it was a PR stunt. Who knows? But but, you, but it was a lot of fun, and, and it was one of those experiences uh, for me that made me realize that um, you know I I used to host radio in college like right. you did, and and it and it was an experience because I hadn't hosted in a long time. I had been focusing on acting and writing. And, and so, yeah. Exactly. So when I did it, I was like, God, host! I forgot how how fun hosting is. It kind of reignited my interest in hosting, and here I am. Now, the the science of the movies dampen your interest in host. I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we love that show. Yeah. We love that show. Our audience loves that show, and I'd love it if I could watch. And it. now, now it's pretty high on my. Bibiani's it's in like, the room. It, Can we introduce? It, it, yeah, Bibiani? William Bibiani here is is standing in for. You guess it. Dibbles McGinnis, Brian Gilmore. Um, 
your cable. I know I, I go to like cable channel like two seventeen or something. Catch it? Does your cable I like go that? I can't afford cable. Ah. Yeah. Oh. So I know I know of the cable right now. So what do you about? What about I think that's, pirating? But that's the, the I think that's been one of the biggest things about science in the movies is that um, the people who are really interested in watching it are people other uh, our age and, and and people that generally consume their entertainment. Like online. online, yeah, and uh, and Discovery uh, Communications, Discovery Networks has said that they're they're not putting any of their shows from any other networks online because it kills their bottom line. So oh. um, I do know people have sent me um, you know emails and links saying that they found an episode here or there that they can download and pirate, but I'm certainly not um, suggesting that you do that. Uh, but you know, DVDs will probably be coming out wait, in 2010. Wait, 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 wait! Now, is this something you have an inside track on? Um, I I want to say I have an inside track on, but I've been told that spring of 2010 we might see some DVDs, but I, I'm I'm not exactly sure. No, so I can't no. Promise. Now, how many of these do you have to? Now, now, how many of these do you have to burn yourself? <laughs> on, on, on your own computer. Yeah, yeah. How many of these are you in charge of? I wish of, I had the time to, to set up my own DVD business to sell because so yeah. many people have expressed interest they they're like you they, they don't have cable or oh. you know and they're just like i don't watch tv but i'd love to watch it online and i'm like well sorry are they really like bibiani he's exceptional well <laughs> be that as it may he's truly one of a kind right i well, do feel like a man well, we still have episodes running on those on cable, right? There's like, like still uh, there's still two more episodes okay. that I think air early part of January. So, guys, be on the lookout for that, uh, and let us know when this DVD thing I will. Happen, okay, I of course. We'll press some too. If you need like some more DVD pressing, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll press some more DVDs. I don't know what the budget's like over there. Right. But, right. I, but I mean, we'll, we'll, we have other things that hopefully we'll be working on this year yeah. too. That uh, other we ways are. to cons consume our entertainment. <laughs> content. Um, I, I made this YouTube video as a thank you to uh, our buddy Russell Sherman. Who remember the Canadian dude from uh, who who from Calgary who stayed with us at Comic Con? Yeah. Uh, he sent me this big box of like gifts as like a thank you for Comic Con and How Geekscape cool. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made a thank you YouTube, and I told everybody that we're gonna have that booth at Comic Con. Yeah. And that uh, Geekscape, this show is going to go kind of go live, yeah. and the other content we're going to have on the site is going to go HD, because I'm just sick of. And are people stoked gonna, about that? I don't know. Some people are talking about it on the on, on the site. I'm excited about it. Are you excited about that? Uh, as long as the Comic Con booth is a kissing booth, yes. Okay, well, we can work that out. I I'll mean, I mean, we, 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 we can get Eric Ad down there to do some kissing with you. Can we talk about this? Sh now you're talking about the couch show going live. Yeah, cause, cause like when I first started doing Geekscape, I was like, oh, it'd be really exciting to have a rotating co-host to keep me like excited about it. And then as like the community uh, just started talking about subjects in and outside of the show, I was like, you know what? I know we do movies, video games, and comics each week, but what do they want to talk about? You know, like how can I tailor better to them and and keep them as part of the conversation? And I think a live show. Is the way to do it. I'm also interested in doing a, a. This is what I'm interested in doing: finding a, a a site that is really good at having live content. I know those sites are out there; they have live shows. Maybe working our way into one of their stables and saying, "Hey, not only do you get the couch show, which would be a much different show, it'd probably have a couple more angles." Whoa, whoa! Did you hear that? Maybe a close-up. That'd be fucking weird. And uh, it, it, yeah, and, and not only that, but but saying. Um, 
let's let, let's do a, 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 a Nar Williams type show as well, like packaging that. Wow, a whole like, 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 what, what would you would you be yeah, interested? Yeah, Nar what, doesn't know what to do. Nar, 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 What I'm saying here is, would you would you be interested? <laughs> <laughs> you brought me on Geekscape to propose but, 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 a live Nar Williams show. Would you be interested in doing that in our in our stable of things that we give to the Geekscape kids? You know, I'm always interested in giving anything I can to the Geekscape kids. Right, um, community. Uh, you call them kids. I call them the community. I, I call them Geekscapists. I call them fuck. They're cards. not all kids, though. I call them late for dinner myself. I yeah, mean, did that you was know, funny fifty years ago. Did you know about the drinking game that they do while they watch the episode? There's no. like different rules to it. Uh, Why they watch every episode? Oh, they watch every episode and they get together in the chat room and watch on Sundays. And, and they, they do like a they do like a drinking that. episode. And I'm like, well, if you guys are gonna watch that together, That's genius. And and do things along with the show. Yeah. Why don't we do a live show? People who can so watch we it later. Can drink with them. I'm not drinking shit. Yeah, you won't drink. But but those mo- drink. but but those I'll guys drink. will drink yeah. and. And not necessarily drink, but whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, they, they can touch. I don't encourage. I don't <laughs> shoot heroin every time. You I don't. See I don't. I don't. Fingers. You know what? Those figures make me want to shoot heroin. So, <laughs> so not yours necessarily, but okay. okay Gil Gilmoricus. Um. So I, I don't know. We're just going through changes. Exciting growing. changes. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm just trying to create that dialogue between you, me, Bibbs, the audience. Now, what now I, I hope I hope that you and your. Uh, Jared, forgive me here, but Drod, um, Drod's our designer. Jared's the uh, the the coder. Yeah. Okay. How but, could but, you mix those? But, up? But, I, but I've been hearing for months and ye- almost a year now. No, about how the, dare you? About the new website. Well, I play, where 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 is it? Bring I'm not going to tell you because I do play on it. I, I'm actually on the. I actually play on the new site and, and give bugs. Well, when are we gonna play on it? You tell me. I told that fucker if I see you on Xbox Live. That's what I'm calling I'm him out right him. now. Oh, oh, oh! Out. I thought you were calling me out. I'm no, not no, calling no. you out. I'm okay, yeah, Jar- Jarrett, you've been called out. <sighs> I've been we want a back article. We want a new fucking new site. site. Yeah, 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 we, we want a new site. site. We want right? a new site yeah. with live content, HD content. And we're gonna wait on him. I mean, we're we're here's what here's what the community may not know. I'm not giving gonna give away anything. Okay, okay? it's fine. It's but John, John and I have been taking meetings and pitching show, and when we're we're gonna be creating a lot of video content in the right. year 2010. We want a new site to put it up on, you know. <laughs> and we want that new site very soon. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some of the stuff that 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 was long waiting as well, and we we just got. Uh, we all know that James Cameron has not made a movie oh, since. Titanic, right? That came out in 1997. Uh, he did the documentary, uh, he did the documentary <laughs> yeah. whatever of the deep. He worked yeah. on do- what is now, it? Dark Angel, s- he Alita. Said that, he said that what he, is this? he did say on Charlie Rose, which was on my top five list this year, uh, that um, he uh, he was more he was more busy during this time away from from scripted movies than he was when he was making scripted movies. Right. That these documentaries are all. You know, and I hear the documentaries are great. I haven't yeah. seen. It. Have you seen the documentary? No, where it goes down there. No. He goes down underwater and like finds like 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 crit- alien creatures. No, like like critters and shit living in like the like the volcanic gases underwater. Yeah, but they literally look alien like like otherworldly. That's amazing. Yeah, they're they're crazy. Uh, yeah. So everybody's been waiting for him to do a scripted film, and the whole talk about this new one, Avatar, is the technology, right? The talk was about the technology, and when we started to see it. We couldn't quite grasp it because we, we weren't getting the full technological experience. You got a little bit of it at Comic-Con. You were raving about it. Mm-hmm. It made me a little hesitant because I, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say, okay, technology will make me enjoy the film. I, I, I still want to hear what the story is, what the script is. And as you started hearing these dances with Smurf, Ferngully ideas, know, yeah. 
like like you started getting I start I at least started going okay I'm not so clearly, I'm not so sure there was clearly a backlash after the Comic Con footage yeah. uh, when when we saw when I saw the Kick Ass stuff I don't remember if you guys were there, but when I saw the Kick Ass panel and I saw that footage that was a standing O yeah. and that and and the reaction at Comic Con to Kick Ass pretty much got got Vaughn's picture picked up yeah of you course. know bought um, and distributed. Uh, the backlash from Comic Con to Avatar, I wasn't expecting because I came out of it like, "Whoa, that's awesome! This is gonna be great." We, we heard you on the show. I mean, right, you're talking about dragons show, and everybody shit. Everybody was like, "Fern Gully dances with wolves," and I was like, "Yeah, but you know, I trust that the the story will be di- a little different." You know, and, and what was the story? The story, fresh. the story is about this guy Jake Sully, who's a grunt. His twin brother was part of a scientific uh, program going on on this uh, foreign moon. Uh, called Pandora, and the government has an investment in this moon because there's a nutrient or like a rock growing there that is extremely valuable and can finance a lot of the exploration, a lot of the, the government in the military's designs. Uh, they're kind of vague about what it's good for, <laughs> but, but 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 you definitely know it's valuable. Yeah. And they're after this rock. Uh, uh, what's the rock called, Jonathan? Unobtainium. Unobtainium. So, so before we get before we actually get in the re- the review, I'm just setting it up. Okay. Uh, so Jake is uh, wakes up from like hibernation. He's been he's been asked to come to this planet, even though he's uh, in a wheelchair, to uh, take over his brother's role in this scientific experiment to put human bodies in avatars to uh, start to to work with the indigenous people to move them so that we can mine this rock. That's basically the plot, right? Um, and in the process, in the process Jake Sully moves us. Yeah, in the, in the process, Mr. Sully uh, starts to find more to like about the, the the Navi, the indigenous tribe, and it really is a very dance of wolves. I thought that was a, I thought that was a very. Uh, at first, I was like, that, "Dude, it can't literally be like Dances with Wolves. Who would do that?" But it literally is it the is. plot of Dances with Wolves but with not Ferngully. Ju- not just the plot of Dances with Wolves, though. The plot of The Last Samurai, yeah. or any other number of films of white guilt. white guilt. Yeah, that's what that, that, that's <laughs> what that's what Io nine Io nine wrote up a story. Io nine, yeah, about white guilt. Yeah, being yeah. A, being like a new genre. And um, and it's not that I have a problem with you know the white. Here, here's here was my biggest issue. Not our love. Okay, yeah, because we know about we know what Avatar is about. I, I understand the arguments for white guilt, and you know, and and I think they're all good arguments, but that's not what I'm talking. Here, my major issue is that the film is, if you're gonna make uh, a, a movie using 21st century technology, absolutely cutting edge, groundbreaking, then why tell such a staid 20th century story why why just be so flat i mean um why not if 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 so much detail is gonna he hired botanist and 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 uh and biologist and any number of scientists and to to uh be focused on every detail of the world in this film why not hire a a screenwriter, uh, a script doctor. You know, yeah, a, a, a team of, scri- of people to yeah. polish up this script because the the dialogue from this script. I mean, he he says he wrote it in 1994, and it's clear that he wrote this motherfucker in 1994. <laughs> I'm watching it, and I'm like, I I really feel like I'm watching a movie from the early 90s or late 80s. It really felt like that. The you're not in Kansas anymore. Hurry up, man! I want to be home by dinner. Drinking his coffee as he launches missiles into the natives. Right. I mean. Come on, I I love that stuff about '80s and or '90s films. I love that kind of campiness, but I don't want to see it in a 2009, possibly best picture yeah. of the year. 
right? The, the, well, it's not. Well, it's yeah. not possible, is yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, well, no, no, yeah. from from people's reviews, oh, it's I like I started getting really excited for this movie hearing the reviews. And you know, up until then, I was extremely skeptical. You guys can go back and see it on past episodes. Extremely skeptical. When I started hearing the the, the, the reviews, I said, you know what? Hackneyed plot or not, this movie might just really be awesome, and it might actually change cinema. You think about the movies that really change cinema. I mean, the things they did with with, with lenses and camera movement in, in uh, Citizen Kane, with that with a with an original story, that changed cinema. The stuff that Hitchcock did in Vertigo, that changed cinema. There have always been technological advances that have come with original content that have changed cinema. I can't help but view this movie as an incredible technological achievement that totally failed to change cinema because it didn't have the substance to back it up. It is totally sprinkles on shit. And I could not find myself, I mean, I kept continually trying to get myself reinvested in this movie. The movie continually kept giving me reasons to not. I mean, there were times when the plot was just completely separated from the exploration of this world. And then someone who has been directing movies for 30 years pulls a hack move, like trying to resort to 9-11 imagery to get the emotions of, a, of a, an audience behind him. It's like, dude, you don't have to do that. Like, you could do that with, with, a, with a simple movement. You could do that with a simple moment. You're lacking all those things. Uh, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I, I want I to go so far as to call it sprinkles on shit from my point of view. I do think that it is going to change cinema technologically. What, what, and 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 the and the experience of it, where where now it's like, you can go see a three D film, and you and you. It, this is what I was really impressed with. He never used the three D in, in a way that it felt sensationalist or kind of kitschy. Like you know, how, if you see Final Destination three oh, D, wow. and it's just shit flying at you, and it's stupid. Yeah. I mean, he used the three D, I think, intelligently, um, and 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 I think. Masterfully, I thought it looked beautiful. There were there were scenes where it it, it almost got me. Like the early scenes, on, the scenes where where like he's they're on flying dragons. I mean, that's a personal like dream of mine. So like to see stuff like that, it's like <laughs> he goes to sleep and he's naked on the back of like, fucking. It's like it's like you know what I mean. It's like oh man, this is a great scene and it looks so real and they're on top, they're flying on fucking dragons or you know there were a few. Yeah, scenes, I'm or, alive again. <laughs> exactly. Or or or, or I'm Peter Pan. You, you have the gayest dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you have the kind I'm, of you have the kind of dreams people use to abduct and molest children. <laughs> oh stop. I, I, there is nothing gay about a fucking flying dragon. I'll tell you that right now. I'm, I'm talking about fairies. I'm not talking about fairies. And I'm plenty talking, plenty I'm of not... people who do blacklight artwork will disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's plenty gay with it. Um, um, but, you know, the other thing was that the, the, the final battle, I thought, was fucking kick-ass. I but mean, it, there were some kick-ass yeah. action sequences. And that, that last 30 minutes it was cool. would have been so phenomenal if we were still invested in the characters, did, did, in their, did, their decisions. Did the 9-11 you know I mean? imagery really bother you that much? And that didn't well, bother I me. I found it distracting. And, 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 and it was a, it was a, so shoveled in. There were a lot of distractions in the movie, yeah. like, let's learn to ride a horse only by raping it. That was gay. Only to, to then learn to ride a pterodactyl, only to then by ride a bigger it. pterodactyl. They did not and, and rape like, the pterodactyl. That, yeah, yes, yeah, you connected, you connected with it. You the raped it. The only way the pterodactyl will bond with it you was nothing. if you forced it. He was but that 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 wrapping that his legs scene. around it, forcing it into some, <laughs> shoving his head cock into the bird's head cock, but and was, then throwing it off a cliff. 
How is that not rape? <laughs> that felt absolutely not that was nearly, plausible to you. It wasn't nearly as creepy. You get a high five for that one. It wasn't nearly as creepy as that horse scene where it kept cutting back to him like. If you if, here's here's the thing. If you yeah. if, would you not say if you want to create a fantastic world that is brand new for an audience? Yeah. Why put things that are so similar to horses or Native Americans into this world if you want to make it completely fresh? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. It, 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 but the it, horse really? had six legs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, well, whatever, okay. whatever. I mean, uh, the the other distractions were thing like 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 that one rant from Giovanni Ribisi, which is just such an oh, expositional uh, monologue. Like I said, the script was a nuts. rough draft from 1994. Do you remember the it was, line? It was crazy. But then you start looking at the logic of the character and in the logic of the script. The 9/11 scene was annoying to me because they then go and try and re- I mean, th- you guys know by now, spoilers out the ass. They then you go. Saw the yeah, movie. you saw the movie. They, they then go and try and save Sigourney Weaver's character in her avatar. Is the chief collecting ash at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz you definitely see the chief go down. Yeah. And you're like, "Okay, but let's try and save the white woman who we lost trust in enough to kick her out." Right. And yeah. let's talk about the ticking time pl- time bomb of the of the plot. You know, you got 3 months, Jake, to go in there, find out what's going on with the natives find and the, and get them to move. Solution. Find a diplomatic they give him solution. This, this task. They give him an never, they, 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 Yeah, they give him a chance to do it peacefully. He decides to ride a fucking horse never, in a pterodactyl. Never attempts any never any of it. Do you understand? So 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 by the time <laughs> so by the time we get to the end uh, and we're like, "Hey, kick ass 30 minute fight scene or action scene, I still have to see this guy." Who we totally have lost respect for, yeah. at least I have by this point. It's an for idiot. Sure. And I'm like, uh, you know what? I actually want you to pay, pay more for what you did. Yeah. You know, at the end, when, when, when he finally gets the gas mask on and says, I see you. And she says, I see you. I wanted him to go, no, bitch, I see you. I gotta go to the ICU. I just didn't breathe for 10 minutes. Like, yeah. the, the movie doesn't work. Um, and, 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 and and you want to create realism. You want to create a realistic world. The one thing you've lost out, left out of it were realistic situations with realistic characters. And it was just so clear. Who, who think I, I was in a realistic out. fashion. I was holding out for something like that. I was holding out for some variations on. Okay, it's Dancing with Wolves, but I'm sure there'll be some variations that so it doesn't feel. But down to the you know the proud warrior who doesn't like Jake. But voice, they, voice. I mean, the chief was voiced by Wes Studi. How much more can you get into that? Not the chief. The yeah, proud warrior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that's the same thing in every fuck. Do we have to have the proud warrior who hates the main character and I, then he comes listen, to respect listen, them because I'm he does? Say this. I'm okay, Bibbs. James Cameron. Okay, he's a smart man. He did his research. Okay. He knows that, that there's always a proud warrior. He actually tested this. He went to various Indian reservations, tried to become accepted. I, I, I'd like to see that documentary. Personally. What would be awesome is if during the final battle, when the ships are in the air getting blown away by, by dragons and they're malfunctioning and landing, one of them should have landed next to one of the Navi. Navi's crying. <laughs> now here, here, here. <laughs> Navi standing next to a Navi road. That's offensive. Crying. I mean, and, it couldn't have been any more Native American that way. And he, he, here's here's the thing with with other critics and other buzz online and other people that are talking about this. Like A.O. Scott from New York Times, it's not that I respect or, or agree with any of his other reviews, but this is a guy who's been watching film and writing about it for 20, 30 years. I would expect at least him to say, okay, this story sucks. In a yeah. flat. But no, nobody is. And, and I'm wondering why, like, 
it's like the lone voice of this this script sucks is sitting in this room doing geek. You, you know what? You know what? Um, the director of uh, Moon is 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 a Duncan filmmaker. Jones. Duncan Jones is a filmmaker who's come out and said, "I do not like this movie. I think really? it's I think it sucks." And, and well, what do you mean, really? Yeah. Duncan Duncan Jones, is the, Duncan Jones is the man. Hey, well, yeah. my, my movie of the year, but yeah. we'll get to that later. Um, what the what I think is going to happen is that. People are so consumed by the hype and so consumed of the technology right now. By the time this thing comes out on DVD or we're a few years down the road, I, I this shit's not going to hold up. And I think no. people are going to look at yeah. it and they're going to be like, oh, God, this is uh, not. The, the, the story I remember is this. Uh, walking out of Superman Returns and being the only person among my friends who just thought that movie was a limp dick. Really? People liked that movie? People liked that Why movie. People liked the movie the first the first time, time you saw. see it, you walk Why out. Like Attack of the Clones. And you're the just, first time yeah, people, people oh, yeah, people Lord. are like, dude, uh, the third, the third Star Wars prequel was good. It's not. It's yeah. horrible. And and they walk out of the, the the movie and they go, oh, it was so great. It was so great. But they're being sedated by and just pummeled by technology it's and true. pretty it, pictures. It's straight up brainwashed. You try you try looking at that. And I'm not even talking about the technological platforms. Like you're gonna go watch it on DVD and you'll find out without the 3D, it's not that good. Yeah, the movie's the not. It, it, the spectacle will die down. The spectacle will die down without any of that substance being there to hold it up. And you know what? If you're going to invest that much, I mean, yes, District 9 was a bit of a Halo movie. But you know what? That movie stayed tight. It ran itself for yeah. 90 minutes at a fast clip of a pace. And it, it never, it never a remake of another movie. It never gave you moments where you were like, wait a minute here. This movie continuously gave me moments where I was like, wait a minute here. This, the, the, I'm not feeling anything here. You want to see, I mean... We can get into our uh, into our best of 2009s, but this this movie, really for me, felt like a completely missed opportunity to, to, I mean, James Cameron is one of our greatest directors. We love him, and and I I couldn't help but think that this guy would have put himself in the elite, not just the upper echelon that we have. I mean, right now you've got the upper echelon. We've got he's certainly we've got people, elite from I'm our talking, era of filmmakers, but, but I think you're I'm talking, talking about, Orson Welles. I'm and, talking about the context yeah. of cinema. Changing it, becoming—I mean—a cornerstone, and I—and I named those people: Orson Welles. I named uh, Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Dude, this is elite. You know, this yeah. is—you know what? We have to put 3D projection in every one of our. I mean, these, these these technical advancements that Lucas and Cameron are trying to push into our theaters—you have to do it with good story. You have There's to get... only one way to do it. Yeah. See, here's here's the thing: a lot of these big movies that have like these technological advancements, they're not actually the first film to do the technological advancement. We know them because they were the first good film. Right. You know, there, like, seeing, there's a lot seeing of like, Gollum, films that no one knows about. Seeing, see, I mean, ones. seeing Smeagol in Lord of the Rings, that that performance was incredible. Mm-hmm. That was the game changer. That was not the game Jar changer. Jar. That oh, was, that that yeah. not Jar Jar was the game changer. Absolutely. And but that was that came first. And here yeah. you have a movie full of that mocap work, and really, it's not advancing the cause beyond a ton of golems on the screen. Yeah. We wanted that story to just, I mean. The Lord of the Rings movies, those are the same clip. They don't feel that long. Nope. I, I watch I, I watch The Lord of the Rings extended all edition. 12 hours extended back to back twice a year. It's phenomenal. There's filmmaking. a reason for that. And it has nothing to do with the technology. That you know, you have a lot of free time. That being said, Peter Jackson, I love you. It's okay to sometimes tell a 90 minute movie, Lovely Bones. A uh, King Kong. We we, we we like King, King Kong. Kong. We we it, like we, King we, Kong was an like, hour too long. We like King Kong. Yeah. You know what? 
I think it would have been a good movie at 90 minutes too. Mm-hmm. But I but I like the hour the two and a half hour version. Um, that being said, Nar, we, we were really right, put, so Avatar really hasn't Avatar made our top list. I mean, guys, the one you know what Avatar could have been my favorite movie of the year. Sure. Really well, easily. No, 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 no. Really easily. Had Michelle Rodriguez died on camera. Oh, stop I mean. It. I, I, I mean, what is what is that would have been thing? awesome if Michelle Rodriguez had gotten like what impaled, is your thing? What is her your head thing come off. Michelle then, Rodriguez, have I missed something? What's your thing um, with her? I think she's annoying. Yeah, but I mean, lots of people are annoying. No, 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 you no, need no, to no, see her no, die no. on screen. That would have been awesome <laughs> if she'd have gone. She gets impaled and then she like uh, she, she crash totally lands. Fine in the role. And she crash lands and then she goes, "My balls hurt," and she dies. I liked her in the role too, but I, I thought, thought just showing her plane starting to go down and never cutting back to it. Was frustrating. I think she's. I, I think she's got a clause. I swear to you. No, 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 no. In in really? uh, Fast and the Furious, or, 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 oh, which yes. is what Fast I call the fourth one. I think. I think after Lost, there's a clause in her contract that she can't die on screen. So because because she, she can come back. Because Fast and the Furious, or, 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 or had an alternate ending. The the whole movie of Fast and the Furious or, 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 is based on uh, Vin, Di- Vin Diesel life. investigating. Yeah. Her death, which you've seen off camera, right? And that's the whole plot of the movie. At the end of the movie, there was an alternate ending where she's alive, watching like the, right. the last event, and she's like, "Yeah." And it's like, "Wait, why did I just sit through this movie?" If you're alive, <laughs> which isn't the theatrical release, but that was shot because of this clause, I can't die in the mo- on screen. Wow! Could you, you imagine about this clause? Are you it's privy Hollywood, to it's, the, it's her, it, to it, her it, legal it, work? It's Hollywood, baby. It's Hollywood. It's the only thing that makes sense. It's Hollywood. Um, uh, Okay. Anybody who would get that clause that would go in the way of filmmakers, I do not like that person. I want to see them die on camera. All right. Well, uh, I I don't have this harsh feeling. Nar, if you act for me, you're dying on camera violently. Uh, Guys, uh, Uh, segueing into news and talking a little bit about death, uh, Dan uh, O'Bannon is a filmmaker that I kind of got uh, reintroduced to because Bibiani uh, gave me his copy of Dark Star. Which is um, John Carpenter's first movie. They kind of made it as students. Dan O'Bannon wrote it, and it's kind of like a. a, a, a it's roughly put together, right? But if you're thinking about these students in, in the early 1970s at USC making a student film, cool. it's got a lot of charm to it. Mm-hmm. And Dan O'Bannon uh, put an a, a, kind of a goofy alien in there. It was kind of looks like a beanbag, and it's trying to kill the people on the ship, but it's a beanbag, so it's it's not doing a very good job of it. Dan O'Bannon then went on to write Alien, mm-hmm. about an alien on a ship trying to kill people. That's awesome. And, and, and he then went on to uh, write uh, Life Force for Toby Hooper. He went on to write uh, uh, Total Recall. He, he did the, the Return of the Living Dead both as a writer and director, the, the remake. And The Resurrected. And, and The Resurrected. I mean, yeah. uh, Dan O'Bannon w- was working in and out of the uh, 70s and 80s and early 90s as like, one of the one of the big horror script authorities, uh, and uh, so he and, was pretty young. And he died recently. Was yeah. he young? I mean, if you think that he went through through grad school with John Carpenter, all those guys. I mean, he was probably uh, late fifties, late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. He's pretty young. He's so dead. as far as genre films go, like that is a huge loss, you know. And he's somebody that that usually isn't celebrated at the forefront, you know what I mean? Because he's not George Romero, he's not John Carpenter, he's not these guys. Uh, but that being said. He was, you know, as influential as as, as most of them. So uh, the other loss really is the uh, this is, is a really big su- young super surprise. Jesus. Uh, and I admit I was a little harsh in making a joke when this when I heard about this. But uh, Brittany I Murphy don't, recently know, died at 32 of a heart attack. Yeah, crap, crap. I'm, uh, Anorexia. 
I, I'm not so like you, like like Karen Carpenter. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is something like anorexia or just the drugs and the speed or whatever. Was she on drugs? I, like, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But how do you die a fucking heart? You the heart attack is supposedly going on right now. I mean, how do you die of a heart attack at 32? Uh, yeah. Is, you know, you I don't know. probably... A heart defect. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, but, you know, um, I think that she was incredibly talented. From from what I know, she was an absolute sweetheart to work yeah, with. Yeah, that, that's what I heard, too. But then you, you start hearing stories about how she was fired from movies for not being able to memorize dialogue and this and that. And it's just like, oh, man, like, well, like what kind of distractions were going on in her life? Mm. You know? Uh, she was talented, though. And she, you know, she she worked a lot in voiceover too, not just on camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she was on King of the Hill, Happy Feet, one of uh, William Bibiani's favorite films. Actually, she was in one of my favorite films, Cherry Falls. Which was that? Cherry Falls was a slasher movie. Came out in the late '90s from the guy who directed Romper Stomper. Oh, and what a great it was movie. about a serial killer who only kills virgins. Huh. Very, very how fun do they know? slasher movie. Great movie. I'll loan uh, it to you. Does he cup the puss first? Like, how do you know? Oh, uh, you'll find out. Okay. Jesus Christ. Um, Brian Singer. Speaking of... Uh, he didn't die, did he? No, no, no. He didn't, he didn't die. But uh, 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 his career kind of did for a bit because of, you know, Superman Returns and then, then this uh, this movie I only got 10 minutes through. I couldn't watch the whole damn thing. This, Which uh, one? Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Valkyrie, really? I, I, I could I, watch. I thought, I thought it worked. Oh, dude. It I, totally worked. I, I got about 10 minutes in that movie and the tone and the pace were just so off for me that I was like, I, I can't. I really? Can't, I thought it was like a I fun, fast-paced, moving kind of heist movie, if you yeah. want to call it a heist cool. movie or an I assassination do it. movie. Um, I couldn't do it. Audiences couldn't do it either. And now Brian has to hit the career reset by directing... X Men First Class. I mean, he's gonna do another. You know what's odd movie. though? I I feel like it's almost. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like every two months that you hear that Brian Singer's attached to some other project. Two and, months ago he, it was Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, and remember he was gonna he was gonna like write a, a series of Ultimate X Men for Marvel. Oh, for like years. years. Yeah. Um, what's happening there? A, it's like he's going from project to project. Just set it and forget it. Get that shit made. Probably. Yeah. Um, hmm. It happens. Yeah, I mean it's the uh, the who's the guy who wrote um, and directed uh, Shawshank? Frank Darabont. It's the Darabont. Frank Darabont effect. Yeah. You know. Um, How I, so? Well, I mean the Mist. What's he done since? You know, I mean, I mean, thank God, thank God. Uh, I think Frank Darabont is on this uh, Walking Dead, and hopefully we'll see it because I think Frank Darabont. He's is, a great writer. I think Frank Darabont is the perfect guy for that movie, or uh, for that series. Um, speaking of comic book movies, Iron Man Two. This trailer that came out. Did you see this shit? Yeah. What were did you, you think? Were you super impressed? I was. Just uh, like, Meh. I w you know what? It, it's consistent with the tone from the first movie. It, it feels like part of the the, the Marvel Studios universe. I mean, you know, well, I'm I, down. I, I guess what got me most excited about it was seeing War Machine just look like a total fucking badass. You know, and I thought Mickey Rourke looked great. As you know Whiplash. what? Surprisingly, as I Whiplash? thought it was going to be campy and kind of lame. And Yeah, no. he, you're right. He, yeah, he as Whiplash, cool. he looked cool. And I, li I like the Russian accent and everything yeah. that he's doing. I liked Gary Shandling. Um, yes, the US That Senator. was nice. That was fi Finally, we got him in a superhero movie. Um, did, did we talk about this last week? Frank Miller working on the 300 prequels, Xerxes? I, th I think we talked about that last yeah, week or the week before. Uh, my one Frank Miller story is just being at the Scream Awards two years ago and having that lady be like, hey, would you like to interview the director of The Spirit? Frank Miller and I ran in, in, in about three milliseconds I ran through my mind every iteration of why didn't you retire 15 years ago I couldn't bring myself to voice any of them and I said no will pass because that's the only question I want to ask him not in 15 years he's done any work 
that you respect? The last thing I read of his that I really enjoyed that he produced was the original 300, and that's because of Lynn Varney's art uh, in coloring I thought was yeah. fucking awesome. Mm. You know, I, I think uh, Batman Strikes Back is more interesting in retrospect than really? this one came out. I just found mine. And I reread it recently. It's wacky and, and, and shit. It is, and I think it plays better now than I did 10 years ago. It's not great, but I don't uh -huh. think it's as bad as everyone thinks. Now, does it play better because in comparison to Batman and Robin? All-Star well, Batman and Robin. Well, which was no. just... Well, granted, yes. But no, I think it actually... It seems almost prescient of the Bush era if you look at it now. Hmm. Yeah. Dude, where's this guy been? Uh, David O. Russell is directing Natalie Portman in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Silence. Where's David Russell been? God, well, I, I, I love I love no three. To work with him. But I know, in, yeah. in, 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 I mean, George Clooney punched him on the set of Three Kings, supposedly. Yeah. Like, like, and but dude, Three and, Kings and those was YouTube, great. Those YouTube videos that leaked, like back in 06 yeah. or 07 I think probably killed anything wow. that he had going. Yeah, this, it, there's a lot of talented people in this industry. No one wants yeah. to work with yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. Like, um, London's an asshole. He talks shit about James Cameron. Um, and then post it online. We're talking about troubled directors. Terry Gilliam. Uh, you know, remember that Terry... That Terry Gilliam is one yeah. of my favorite directors oh, yeah. of all time. Phenomenal. Like, he's up there with... You know, he is... I think Terry Gilliam really has a chance of going down as as one of these you, major. You sent me that. You sent me that article about. Uh, uh, yeah, you posted that. on your Twitter. I or, tweeted that. Yeah. And you 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 wrote who who is up uh, there with like the New York? Who's the New York? I, I didn't write it. That's something that I uh, found. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. but I just passed it along. But but who is up there with Orson Welles? Who's our era's Orson Welles? And 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 the guy who wrote it for Cinematical, you know, he said I think maybe Terry Gilliam. That's why I passed it along because I I, I I might agree. I mean he. Not only is he clearly genius, but he um, and very talented. But he he has this history that Wells did of having a really hard time getting yeah. money for his projects. Well, 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 you know about this Don Quixote movie that was just a disaster. Yeah. It was documented as a disaster. Yeah. Uh, where'd you read this news, Bibiani, of Johnny Depp possibly coming back for another stab at Don Quixote? Uh, I was on IMDb. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, Johnny Depp. Yeah. And they got Robert Duvall to replace the guy playing Don Quixote. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it, we, we we all read this. Lawrence Fishburne cast in Predators, the Robert Rodriguez produced uh, Predators. Maybe he'll finally be able to afford to fix his teeth. Dude, I used to see Lawrence Fishburne. Hey. <laughs> I used to see Lawrence Fishburne CSI, all the time. It, it, when I lived in Hollywood at, at Rungan Canyon, yeah, I used to see Lawrence Fishburne all the time. Him and uh, and Soul Glow from uh, ER. What's his Eric name? LaSalle. Eric LaSalle. Eric LaSalle. Yeah. Uh, Wait, 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 wait a minute. This is new to me, this bit. A Hawkman movie is gearing up at Warner's, described as par part Indiana Jones, part Da Vinci Code, part Ghost. <laughs> Let's talk about our best of 2009 lists. I think it's the best movie. <laughs> wow. Um, described as... Okay. Shit without the sprinkles. Um, so, guys, uh, we ha we made some 2009 lists. If you guys go on the Geekscape website, they're up right now. The, uh, the movies are up. We're going to put some video game best of 2009 lists. This is from the editorial staff here at Geekscape. People like Viviani, Nar, myself, talking about what, what were the video games, what were the comic books and things that moved us. Uh, briefly, like, like what, what does your movie list look like? What was the, the big movie for you this year? Uh, Moon's my number one. Yeah. I mean, you talked about Duncan Jones. I mean, and also considering it's his first feature film. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you hearing Nar okay? Yeah, he's okay. Okay. I'm gonna make him. Make a drink. I'm gonna make him a little better. 
Uh, considering it's his first feature film, it's even more it's even more impressive. Um, but what I liked about this film is that unlike District Nine, which I was hoping and expecting to be more like uh, um, science fiction, Camp's uh, short films, oh, yeah, which yeah, yeah. felt which felt a little deeper and like they did address kind of something more than a Halo movie. Um, you know, I was really disappointed by D9 that mm -hmm. they didn't do that. Uh, Moon, on the other hand, manages to touch on really interesting questions, which good sci-fi does. Um, uh, you know, uh, not just resource consumption, but, you know, the, the uh, what, what corporate greed d does, what kind of choices they can make, a uh, relationship with artificial intelligence that seems real and believable and certainly could probably be happening now uh, with advances in robotics. But it does all of this, raises all these questions with this core story of you know existential crisis that yeah. that sam uh bell the, the character's name is having and it is so creative in the way it's shot um the way it's shot early on to make you feel one thing and the way it's shot later to to i mean th that everything really is about like, it that is, is, that is the sign of someone who knows the language who is making a movie is is completely completely uh competent in just saying okay this is the language we're going to use to manipulate the audience in one way we're not going to do it with a navi 11 scene we're going to do it in just the little pieces of cinema these are the tools at hand and he knocked it out the use of miniatures in that movie everything that they did in that movie was just spot on moon is definitely in my top 10 the movie for me uh that i put in my the top my my top 10 and i did a lot of shuffling back and forth it was tough but uh but this movie that Bibiani wrote up a review of, an interview with John Woo with, Red Cliff. I, Red Cliff to me was one of my, like, my favorite basketball, retired basketball player returning to the court. I, I had almost lost complete hope that John Woo was going to be able to return uh, to, to cinema and be making something that wasn't just... I mean, I, I thought that the Hollywood studios had killed him. I was like, man. And, and he went back to China to do this. As he you know, I mean, the, the further he went on in Hollywood, the, the less return we were getting on the investment. I mean, from Wind Talkers to Paycheck, you're just like, what are you guys doing to my favorite filmmaker? Like, one of my favorites. One of the guys who, like, like what what kid going through film school didn't want to shoot something on par with The Killer? Oh, dude. Like, the Killer, and, hard-boiled, and, and bullet I, in the head. And then, and then just... At the last minute, I was in New York and was checking, the, like, what can I do tonight? And just saw that Red Cliff was playing. And off of Bibiani's recommendation, called up three of my friends, including Big Yanks, uh, and just said, we got to go see Red Cliff. And I was bracing for something in the middle of the road, even though Bibiani had really recommended it and written a great article. This movie from first, and you know what? Two and a half hours. This movie is long, and it is a combined film from two equally sized movies Blurred Cliff 1 and 2 the US version is a com combination of those two this movie from first second to last had me completely there you're going to love this movie when I, you see I it. really hope that it gets enough critical buzz to, to I haven't I tried to per your recommendation I'm looking for this film I can't find it yeah. you know it's not like it got a wide release I mean, did, did uh, Mag it's is it coming a, out on DVD yeah. soon coming out on DVD uh, so I, I, movie, I just really sorry that I missed it if you love war epics but not only that it's got a, I mean if you love it it's stuff like the hero like hero and you love now like how's Crouching it compared Tiger to stuff that, like hero better, and Crouching Tiger it, it is better Good. the movie that it really reminded me of a lot was uh, 1993's Gettysburg 
which oh, is yeah. a movie I saw with my dad that I huh. thought that I thought did a really economic, clean job of introducing a wide cast of characters, yes. their jobs, and then the strategy. And somehow the, the strategy was explained, wasn't it? Phenomenal. You're gonna yeah. get you're gonna get that entire language with Redcliffe. Uh huh. And it, it, I mean, and then you're going to get those individual details that are that just really keep you invested in a long movie. Cool. Um, video games. I'm going to go with Left 4 Dead too because it is such a fun experience to go on there and really uh, go for these achievements and go for this uh, and go through each chapter with um, with your buddies online. It is such a great collaborative like like co-op experience. Valve does such a great job of creating a world that's really inhabited and is moody. And when you go through a campaign like Hard Rain, and you realize that you have to backtrack, mm -hmm. and that any equipment you picked up on the way there isn't going to be there on your way back when things have actually gotten harder, and the rain keeps you from seeing five feet in front of your face, like just creating that kind of atmosphere is what Valve does best. Yeah, I, I loved that game. I think there's a lot of that kind of atmosphere in Modern Warfare 2 as well. And that's your which favorite is what game I love is, is, is being lost in the snow at some point and looking <laughs> around like, where the hell am I? And then all of a sudden, in the, the corner of your eye, you see, you know, some guard pass and you're like, fuck. You know, there, there's stuff about that I, I just, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I was disappointed with the crazy killer scene. Right. And I thought it was, you know, but uh, my second time through the game, you know, that's just an easy skip and... Right, no big deal. But but those those missions, those special ops missions that you can do uh, online, uh, Co are, are cooperatively. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Now that 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 would have made me buy the entire game because I like playing by myself is something that is fine. But I can't play longer than fifteen minutes without starting to think. All right, I really need some interaction either with my work or with the outside world. Mm. Uh, the one is, isn't playing the video game your work. Well, I, I won't get. I, I won't really play Left 4 Dead by myself. Uh, the same way that Baby Yanni and I, having defeated New Super Mario Brothers Wii, mm. finally, like, 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 we only played that game together. Don't you know? Me. And I gotta tell you, I died in that last mission. And Baby Yanni saw us home. That Good last work. level. Good work, was That last me, level was, was was brutal. Beautiful. Brutal, but uh, but that that would probably be my runner up, just because it was it's so much fun, and we're going into this age of video games where really, if you aren't offering something a little bit more. In a social experience, especially with like the introduction of the casual gamer into such a big part of the marketplace, games really have to add that that social piece in order to compete. I mean, look at World of Warcraft. I, I mean, think about a game that I you want to play by yourself. Really, I, there's a lot of games that I play for myself. They're, they're, they're more I mean, you've, you've got the you've got the Batman know. Arkham Asylums. Yeah, that was great. You've got uh, you know, you've like got something like, like that, Fable yeah. Two isn't something I'm interested in playing with anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> frankly, you know, it's it's me. It's my world. I create it through all the choices I make, and you yeah. know, it's my little Grand corner. Theft Auto, but I, you know what? I, I did play it through a lot of uh, Grand Theft Auto. But as things go go further, and as uh, developers are looking for ways to get more people to buy their games. Uh, and they're competing against shovelware like we play. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they're they're competing against an increasing uh, casual gamer market. I think they have to start saying, you know what? We, we, we if we if we if we build a game that can involve more people, we'll sell more units because more people are going to be. I do. To each other. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, like I like I'm imploring you guys to get Left 4 Dead. The too, Left 4 Dead game, like you know the, I mean? the first Left 4 Dead game, so awesome because it was four. Four people. World at War, so awesome because it was four people. I was disappointed with NW2, the fact that I can't, you know, get a group of friends and go. Right. I, I think you're exactly right. Um, I'm just saying, I think with Bibs, yeah. there, there are certain, mostly role-playing games that I, I just stick to myself. I think there's a market for it all. And I think as video games expand into new markets, it's a lot like movies. There are audiences for independent movies yeah. and mainstream yeah. big-budget action entertainment. 
And I think that's happening more to video games where there are casual games, movies like the romantic comedies, if you will, that's the WiiWare type stuff you can pick up and set down. And then there are stuff you need to sit down and absorb, are, and maybe you need to do it by yourself to really get the whole experience. Are we going to see smaller, are we going to see the single player games become smaller? Because they may not sell on the same level, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, well, like World we, of Warcraft is a phenomenon, yeah. well, one thing we and have been everybody seeing, plays uh, that, yeah. you know what I mean? One Socially. thing we have been seeing is single-player games getting a multiplayer element tacked on. Right. That for, for every well-integrated multiplayer experience, something like, well, it's not a great game, but it's integrated, Army of Two, yeah. for example, is a multiplayer game at heart, there's stuff like... I don't know. Uh, Bioshock 2. I don't understand why there's a multiplayer component in that. It doesn't feel like it belongs in the world. It feels mm. like it, it destroys the illusion of the, uh, of, of the of world. The of solitude the you know that yeah, you're exactly. supposed to you experience. Bring up, you're Dead Space. You, you Dead bring Space up, is going to have multiplayer. That doesn't make any sense. You bring up a great point with the original Dead Space and Bioshock 2. Or Bioshock 1. Those, those games... Um, might might be hurt by a cooperative yeah. experience because the atmosphere you're supposed of those to feel games alone. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Those, um, those movies are phenomenal. You know, but th yeah. there was one news item I want to throw out here just quickly before we move on with these lists because I, I, I it kind of like we're kind of covering all the t topics all at um, once. The Hobbit film. Yeah, this whole rumor about Tobey Maguire. Okay, uh, did you guys cover this last week? Yeah, we did a little. Yeah, what about uh, it? Though? Okay. No, no, please. I, I, I just think stick to one icon of my youth, it destroying it. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, seriously, dude. I know, like, The Hobbit, and that that is very important. I know it's important to you. Yeah. And there are lots of great fucking actors out there that could play Bill Bill Baggins. Why do we have to get Peter Parker to do it? Well, I'm thinking. Uh, I don't think Peter. I, I I don't think uh, Toby McGuire ruined Peter Parker. I think he did. It was a great Peter Parker. I think the the concern here is. Um, I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he may be able to tackle it. But um, I I'm kind of looking for somebody who's a younger version of uh, Ian uh, of Ian Holm and. Um, but, but but my and, argument, and, and there's got to be but, so many unknown actors. Look at all the unknown actors that came out of the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. You know, we had right, so many right. actors who are now big actors. And what, what I'm know? saying is that I'm not saying that the, 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 I'm not I'm not saying that he's going to destroy it or that he destroyed it. What what I'm saying is that he was one icon. Like, how can you play more than one iconic figure of fiction? Like, it just Harrison Ford did it. Uh, what do you really? It's money, baby. He's better than Harry. No, he was Harrison Ford was never playing, with the exception of the Han Solo and Indiana Jones. Yeah, but the, yeah, but those and those were iconic characters made through the films. And they were never from literature or from other media. Well, let's let this. Uh, let's Ian let this look. Magneto and Gandalf. Yeah, but he's Sir Ian. Patrick Stewart, Captain of the Enterprise. Another and Royal Patrick Shakespeare Theater. Company member. Okay, so, okay, Sir Toby S. McGuire. <laughs> All right, who, okay, who, who let's should do it. Who should do it? Who would you like? Um, yeah. uh, I, I think there's a number of actors. I think you know this is on my best of James Callis. I think would be a fucking awesome Bill Bill Who's James Callis? He played Guy's Baltar in BSG. He'd be, oh. he'd be great. You know, you know who else would be good? Um, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. James was McAvoy. Or, or did you guys see Stardust? Yes. The no, lead actor from Stardust, his name escapes me. I think he'd be That's great. That's not James McAvoy? No. Um, I, I, I think he'd be great. He was funny, and he was he Yeah, was James talented. McAvoy would be it was the name I was about to throw out. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move. So, guys, uh, real quick, i got to talk uh, comics. Is that what we have left, sir? Yeah, about 10 minutes. Okay. Um, guys, uh, as we talk about uh, books and things like that, um, 
My our buddy Justin McCumber, we've talked about his books uh, recently on the show. He uh, sent me like a chat book, which is what this is. It's a, it's a single chapter. He's publishing these things himself. Look, he autographed. Jonathan, thanks for everything. Uh, we've been very uh, friendly to Justin. We he, he, the link to his website where you can buy this is on uh, the screen right now. Uh, we like to support all of you guys in the community who are going off and doing your own creative endeavors. It fires us up. It uh, gives us a bigger sense of community, and uh, we love to collaborate with you guys too. So, Justin, even though you enjoyed Avatar, maybe you don't enjoy it that much anymore after our well thought out criticism. Um, <laughs> but Justin uh, has written another science fiction tale. I loved the one that he wrote uh, that he sent us a, a couple months ago. But this one's the ties that bind, uh, tales of the breaking dawn, and. Um, I have a, a ton of respect for Justin going out there and self-publishing these books in a very uh, like high-quality fashion. I mean, look at this. His brother does the artwork, and no, um, it, it. I mean, it's tight. And you know what? His his writing is great. You can tell that he loves Whedon. You can tell that he loves re reading a lot of uh, uh, of science fiction authors because he really inhabits the world. The world is inhabitable. It's real. Check this guy. Check this out, guys. At JustinMcCumber.com. Buy a copy. And you know what? This is kind of cool. If you're lazy. You can get the entire uh, book read to you dramatically. <laughs> if you're lazy or you spend most of your time in a car in yeah. Los Angeles. He, he created He created uh he created this uh, audio adventure adapted produced and narrated by the author. He yeah. he went ahead and adapted his own book into audio. That's nice. awesome. And uh, he sent that along too. So guys, check out his website. I'm really excited about this cuz the quality is high on everything. You know, I really thought I mean It's a beautiful book. It's awesome. He did a great job. Uh, Justin, we commend you. Um, thinking really briefly about comic books, the big thing that moved me this year was that Collected Essex County I picked up at Comic-Con. Uh, it's sitting on your coffee table right now, Bibiani. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, Jeff Lemire is a new talent that I had not discovered at the time. Uh, I think Sweet Tooth, the book he's writing for Ver and drawing for Vertigo, is awesome. Um, it is a great... You love the road, so you'll like Sweet Tooth. Imagine if the radiation uh, or whatever happened in the road had created... Uh, some mutations in humans that, that causes people to have like deer antlers and things like that, right? Well, it's about a little boy who was growing up in the woods, protected by his human father, but he has deer antlers. That's awesome. And he has deer features, and he's like, they will kill you. They will absolutely kill you if they find you, right? The father dies, and he's discovered by somebody, and they have to do a road trek to get him to a place that may or may not exist where people like him will be safe. And it is a hazardous journey, and it is How so cool. well drawn. drawn it's called Sweet Tooth. Uh, it's called Sweet Tooth. Vertigo's putting it out. I think five books have come out so far. Okay. Uh, Jeff Lemire is a talent. And Essex, the collected Essex County is my best read of the year. I was, I mean, there were parts where I was like, I'm going to get choked up. I'm going to cry. Okay, I'm crying. <laughs> I told myself I wouldn't do this to a comic book again. Um, Damn you. TV. Yeah. Mad Men's got you know if BSG didn't kind of fall apart, it would be up there. It's still gonna be an, uh, up there in my decade list, mm -hmm. you know. But but Mad Men, I would say takes takes it for me this okay. year. That's on our Netflix. Like like I'm sure if we watch it, we'd be right there with you. you no, know, it's interesting. A lot of people thought that this season was slow or or uneventful, but I, I just didn't see that. I, I think I think you get into a rhythm with Mad Men where you expect every slight nuance mm. between the characters. Every line, every look ends up, you know, telling you something, you know what I mean? And so so, so a, a long conversation in an office sitting here like this that maybe on the surface doesn't look like a lot's happening is. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we have a lot of subtext happening here. Too. Laura and I started watching uh, season four of Dexter. Okay. The performance that Jennifer Carpenter, the girl who plays Dexter's uh, sister, Deborah. This performance, I look over, Laura's crying really? like so many times during it. Because we've seen Deb go through so many experiences over the first three seasons. Season four is where things start really happening to her, where you're like, you know what? She may be broken. She, this might actually break her. You know what I mean? And it's just like, uh, and looking over and seeing Laura cry, I was like, you know what? She has every right to be emotional during this se- sequence because Jennifer Carpenter is loading up the bases and then hitting them out of the park. It's mm. phenomenal. Her performance was great. I can't say enough about Dexter, but you know what? When it comes down to my favorite TV series, I gotta go to the shore. Francis Ford Coppola's Jersey Shore is the situation. I mean, that, this show is also my worst show of 2009. It's your best and worst. It is the best and worst. It never, never has a, such an abortion of humanity what, been on what display is it? for us. Uh, what is it, is, it? it is like a real world, but at the Jersey Shore. So it's like the lowest form of humanity. What does Coppola have to do with it? Nothing. That's oh. just, that, 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 it's just such an epic... I'm so confused. No, no, or maybe if you spent some time on the Geekscape forums, you would get some of the Geekscape in-jokes, like the fact that we have named the Jersey Shore oh, Francis okay. Ford Coppola's okay. The Jersey Shore. Okay. okay. It is an abortion of such epic proportion... Hey. Francis Ford Coppola has right. to be a part of it. Yeah. It is, it is uh, a phenomenally... Cr- I mean, you want to see a woman get hit but by a guy? But you love it. I can't pull my damn eyes and, away from and, it. And, it's and, horrible. It's it's eroding me as a human. And this a is human being. that is that is reality. T- that is docu. It is the worst television. thing about reality. You, TV. you always wonder when you see when you're like, why is this show the number one show? Why is this show making so much money? It's just utter crap. And then it's on your best of list, dude. It is on my best. <laughs> hey, Nar, it's on my best and worst. <laughs> yeah, fair, that's, that's fair a enough. Nice way of sugar fair enough. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Guys, yeah. you know this. Th- this show has brought us together as geeks by showing us the exact polar opposite but of that's, society. I, so it's, it's ironically, you know. So, the, but that's like me putting GI Joe: Rise of Cobra on my best of. Ironically, I can kill you if you do that. Fucking genius. <laughs> uh, my, my worst movie of the year was uh, The Adventures of Jimmy Logan, the man named Wolverine, X Men Origins Five. Uh, that movie. I, that was, was on. Fucked. I think that was on my list, or it's on my top ten. Um, but the worst movie experience of the year by far was Watchmen. You say that, but that movie's actually on my top ten at number eight. Ouch. As a best. As a best. And, we'll, and we, we can talk about it, but really, I leave it to you guys to go on the website and read those for yourself. I actually explain Watchmen. It's one of the only ones that's not my number one that I explain. All right, well, I explain why it's my worst, right. so you guys can decide. You guys can decide. Well, you can't decide because we already decided, but you guys can You guys discuss. can decide who, who you agree with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The argument is j- 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 Just remember, NAR doesn't run the fucking site, and I can tell you to leave. No kidding. I won't tell you to leave. You guys you are all. Delete I won't delete anyone's account. I won't delete anybody's okay. account, uh, except Satori. Um, so, guys, that being said, uh, this is our episode. There's so much more to discuss, but you know what? There's only so many months in 2009. There's only so many minutes in Geekscape. Uh, the rest we leave up to you on the website every single day. So go there. Geekscape.net is where we hang our hats and talk further about these subjects. Uh, go there You can buy t-shirts $10 is what we're running right now But we're about to get new designs in And the prices will go back up With the added designs and quality I'm warning you Get them now uh, I, will, I, will con- I will continue to throw my, more stuff The new site is coming uh, I am testing on it I am playing with it Throwing in bugs And when, as soon as it's opened up more I'm going to get some beta testers on it Like you two guys To tell me what you guys do and do not like Um We've got Facebook. You can look for Nar and Bibiani and I on Facebook. But definitely go to Geekscape 
and become a fan and recommend it to your friends you know get get everybody in on the party uh we've got uh twitter twitter.com slash nar williams i'm slash jonathan london slash william bibiani so and i don't think it gets easier than that narwilliams.com yeah go to narwilliams.com definitely check this guy out on the science of the movies uh early january you're gonna get new episodes and who knows he'll be the first one to tell us about the dvds he's printing in his uh printer at home for you guys to go and you'll autograph them right if, if you <laughs> mail them from your house you'll autograph them <laughs> yes, yes i have a silver pen i'll, I'll, I'll get to get it for you yeah. and of course this summer Make your plans to come down to San Diego and hang out oh, at the Comic-Con booth yeah. of Geekscape. Dude, that's going to be fucking wicked. It will be fun. Oh, hell yeah. So, a lot of excitement going on, right? Are you excited, Bibbs? Not yet. Okay. Now, are you excited? I'm excited. 2010 is going to be a big fucking year. So, 2010's yeah. got to be better than 2009. 2009 raped me. Uh, we got watched. Sorry it was to hear awful. That. We got watched. Really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um we got Jimmy Logan, the man called Wolverine, who plays a banjo. Oh, my He's God. He's the best it is at what he does. That movie. What he does was not very pretty. <laughs> we will uh, see you guys uh, for episode 150. Holy crap. Get in those best of 2009 Geekscape voting lists, all right? Talk to you guys later. Goodbye. <laughs>